I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello there and welcome back to Four Times in a Podcast. You join us on the 20th of November and before you start, I know it's about a month since we've had an episode out, but uh, we are planning to be back a bit more regular now, uh, so we've took this international break to regroup and come back stronger and thanks to everybody that sent us a wee message asking us to uh, get back to podding and we do appreciate it, but three years are here tonight, it is myself, Darren, and I'm with Tony and Danny, uh, so obviously, as I say, it's international break, so we'll not go too in-depth to not the last few games, because they've obviously been a few weeks ago, but we'll just have a sort of wee regroup and uh, talk about Celtic in general and how we think things have gone at the moment, talk about how the domestic front's gone and also have a look at the Champions League group and see what we think might come in the last two games of that campaign as well. Danny, I'll bring you in first. It's been a wee while since we've had you on. How are you feeling about Celtic at the moment and uh, enjoying this international break as I say, a time of the group and before we get into this hectic festive period that always comes at this time of year? Hello lads, um, I know I think the last time I was on here, Poster Coglu was still the manager, so I hope everyone's still going alright. Um, this season's been, up to this point, I think it's been, it's probably been a 7 out of 10. Seems to be the really stop start. I've, I've enjoyed some of the performances, I've not enjoyed a lot of them, but it's I've, as I say, I've not enjoyed them. I don't mean that I've been worried of that, it's just, I still don't, I think every time the team looks like they're going to click, they kind of throw in maybe a wobbly performance or they get a draw or, or, or whatever, but I'd say a 6 out of 10 maybe not as good as a 7, because be a 7 if they describe something decent in Europe. It's been, I mean, up to this point, I mean, it's been um, maybe underwhelming, like Rogers coming back. I was expecting a lot more when Rogers came, came back. I know <laughs> the old group chat was, was buzzing when, when Rogers uh, took back out and they just... It's not really kind of ignited yet for me. Um, the last performance was outstanding, though. I thought that performance against Aberdeen was as good as 
ending. We've produced at Celtic in, in a long time, not just this season, but the last four or five maybe. And there's a lot of cause for optimism because you, you just don't think Rodgers will be there unless the club are serious about like progressing. Um, I think they've been really unlucky in the Champions League this year. I think it's, it, it's kind of seems like a cheap get out saying that because we say it every year or you know we're learning blah blah blah. But I actually, they think they've played really well this year in all the games. Um, the second half capitulation against Atletico, down to ten men aside. I mean, there was no sort of just kind of buckle down and see it out at two or three or four. Do you know what I mean? They they just keep kind of losing goals, but. Up until, I mean, the second goal, I thought, I know my Ada's red care didn't help, um, but the way they popped the ball about was really encouraging. And um, it's been, the, I thought it's the same against, I think they've actually got back, like, they've had better, it's got to sound weird, this, but they've had better passes as a play in every game. So against Feyenoord, I thought it was probably the worst performance of the group, but they hung on in there for a while. And then we ended up, we ended up with nine men that night. And then Lazio at home, I thought first half we were really poor, second half we were a lot better. And we were really fucking cruel to lose that. Um, and then against Atletico, I thought the first half they were outstanding, second half they were out of gas. Got away with a draw in the end. And then I thought they popped the ball about really well in Madrid the other week. And I thought it was only a matter of time before we spun Kyogo away. But then they did care to happen and Everton changed and in the second half was a capitulation. But um, the international break came at, came at the right time for us because there a few injuries and that that are kicking about. And it's good to uh, fucking hate the international break as usual, but I think this one's came at a good time because you win 6 nothing, you can just kind of fall out a wee bit and just, um, just take stock of where we're going. Because I think the next international break after this isn't until March or April, so... This is when the season really does get underway. You've got games maybe every three, four days. You've got a busy Christmas period. You've got a January window. So it's probably a good time just to take stock and then see where we need to go in the next couple of months. I definitely, as you say, it's been, it's not been a perfect season domestically. Obviously, we had that early exit in the League Cup to Kilmarnock. And oh, apart from that, the league's been pretty solid. We're sitting with an eight-point lead. I know that mob's got a game in hand, but... Only dropped points in the two occasions, obviously two goalless draws. First one at home to St Johnston, and then um, where recently the goalless draw against Hibs as well, where I think both games we easily could have won. I think the St Johnston game, I think O'Reilly had a great number of chances, and then obviously the St Johnston, eh, sorry, Hibs game, Forrest smashes the bar with about five minutes to go, and it's just one of the days. But look, this far into the season, eh, we're Sitting top of the league, obviously the league's your bread and butter. You want to do better in Europe. I'll come on to Champions League as a whole, but as you say, I think we've had a lot of positive performances and I think we're really unlucky to be only sitting with one point. But in, in a weird way, like it's sort of, it, for a lot of fans, I think after that doing in Madrid, I was there and uh, in my opinion, I only finished 3 0 because that's when I left the stadium because I just couldn't watch the onslaught, as you say. Uh, Simeone's team just and they let up and for me I'd just seen enough at that point I'd seen it too many times with Celtic in Europe and I went walking into Madrid darkness and followed people who I thought were gone for the metro and turned out they were walking to a hotel fucking nowhere near anywhere I was supposed to be so don't know who enjoyed the last half an hour eh, better probably the players on the pitch rather than my experience but eh, no as I say top of the league and uh, got a comfortable gap at the moment. International break, I think you're right. I think it could have came at the right point because obviously, especially with that Aberdeen game, uh, just for it, like 
it was a was perfect response, of course, to like to losing six 0 in Madrid to then go the next weekend and win six 0 It just sort of did, sort of dispel any sort of lingering hangover from that, and uh, and all three of the goals came in injury time, but yeah, I thought it was just a really great performance that day and. Look, the man in the moment, Louis Palma, he was just outstanding that day, a goal and three assists. And, you know, as, as we are talking, I know there have been a few reports that he'd maybe picked up a knock with Honduras, which would just be a lock at the moment. But not apart from that, I think he, he's just been absolutely flying at the moment. He, like when people first seen him, they just don't know if it was a sort of hangover from uh, how sort of dazzling Jota was on the ball or the fact that Palma wasn't he? People immediately put him down as no blessed with pace and not able to beat a man, but he, he's just looking really good value at the moment and uh, really solidifying himself in that team. And not just Palma, as much as Palma took the headlines, I thought Yang was absolutely brilliant, especially in that first half against Aberdeen. And uh, I think there's a lot to be positive at the moment. Uh, obviously, Scotland players uh, that we've got in the squad, they've all qualified for. Next year's Euros, and you've even got positives like uh, Matt O'Reilly getting his first start for Denmark senior team uh, the night against Northern Ireland. So I think that's just reward for uh, his performances this season. But aye, Tony, I'll bring you in. How how do you feel about this sort of uh, at this moment? I think with Danny says I'd probably say a seven point five out of ten. The League Cup's always going to sting, especially with the fact that it looks like the Rangers will probably win it. Um, but that was always a... I think most people kind of accepted that after we went out. And it was it was just a clumsy loss. I know we should have had a penalty, but we just we didn't really turn up that day. And it was just one of the ones, but it's unfortunate. Um, in the league, I think, you need to be reasonably happy. Um, we're still undefeated, even though we're nearly in December. Um, we've went to the, the typically hard away venues, Ibrooks being the big one, um, and we, we deserved our one there. Um, other ones, we've been to Pataudry, we've been to Livingston, uh, we demolished Hearts, I thought that was one of our best performances of the season. Uh, Hibs, we obviously drew, we, it wasn't a very good game at all that game, but I think Forrest missed a chance right at the end, where he, he hit the post for about three, three yards out, but... Um, it's been a very strange season. It's been it's been strange. Don't get me wrong, I've enjoyed a lot of it. Uh, and I'm glad Brendan Rodgers is back. I think he proved and against Aberdeen that domestically we, we can blow teams away and and domestically we've been fine. Europe, I think, is the same old story. It's, um, it feels as it was pretty pointless playing in the Champions League, to be honest. Um Atletico Madrid game was pretty disgraceful. It was just we just totally felt it. Fairly pieces. I don't think it was a red card in Maida. I think most tackles, if you slow them down to within an inch of their life, then it looks dreadful. But I just thought that was really harsh. I don't think we're a streetwise team in Europe. Um, and we played against probably the most streetwise team in terms of Atletico Madrid. There was a tackle in Kyogo where the boot was high. And I think we should have five players surrounding the ref and... Kyogo should be rolling about, but instead he gets up and he's shaking hands and all this shit. Um, I just don't think we're streetwise enough for Europe, and it's, it's quite frustrating. I think, again, we've no gave Rodgers the correct tools to negotiate tough ties in Europe. I think he done very, very well with the performance against Atletico Madrid at home, and probably unlucky not to beat Lazio, but um, 
again, unlucky with injuries as well. Maida's out now, Abada's out. Um, I think Katati, he's out as well. So, I think with Danny said as well, it's been kind of stop-start. When you think we're ready to kick on, for example, we absolutely demolish Aberdeen, then it's the international break, and um, hopefully we can just do the same in Motherwell, just blow them away. And then there's the, the, obviously the main talking point probably that's surrounding the clubs. The the issue with the Green Brigade, and now the boys have walked out, and um, it's just a bit of a mess. The atmosphere at Celtic Park is horrendous. It is as bad as any Premier League ground. Uh, with the Green Brigade and the boys, I don't think anybody can debate that. The, the, um, the atmosphere obviously was brilliant 20 years ago when the Green Brigade were there and different things, but that's long gone now. About the Green Brigade and the boys, it's a, it's a library, which is unfortunate. I guess we could sit and debate who's to blame. You'll not find me sticking up for the board anytime soon, that's for sure. So I hope that's resolved. It doesn't look good. I mean, they've had, I think it's been eight days since we played. The next game's coming fast and the GB have promised a day of action. I don't really know what that's going to entail. It'll be interesting to see how many other fans actually support it because I know there's a lot of fans, well, certainly if you're on Facebook, that, that don't like the Green Brigade, but then there's... I think a lot of fans that have a lot of support and a lot of time for them and I think I would include myself and I think I can speak for the podcast when I say that, that we definitely want them back in and we would like to see the issue resolved because the longer it goes on it lingers and you don't want to be having days of action when really you should be encouraging the team but if that's what it's going to take for the board to get a grip of their cell and, and let them back in then that's fine. I think the board for years have refuse to defend the fans. I think the police in this country deliberately antagonise football fans and they have done for years, decades. I think the club aren't very happy with the Green Brigade's pig watch in which they, they film the cops, even though the cops stand and film them all day. So I think they're I think I've said it before, they're entitled to turn the screw, literally. So I and obviously the board of come out and says it's about flares and fire and all and it's nothing to do with the Palestinian display. Don't know if I believe that. I know that's what we've been told for Celtic, that's an official line. Don't know if I believe it, that's my honest opinion. And whoever's telling us that I believe it that that's what they've been told, but do I think that's what the Celtic board's actual reasoning is? Mm, don't know. Then you've I don't know, it's just it's just something you wish was resolved quickly. I think the board have got away with murder over the last few years. They had the almighty shield that was Ange Postacoglu standing in front of them. And now they've got Brendan, and he's he's providing quite a good shield due to the fact we're eight points ahead of the league. And I know we're complaining about Europe, but for a lot of fans, it really is just beat Rangers. And um, at the minute, we're ahead of them. Uh, they've obviously got a bit better under Philippe Clement. I've not really watched any of their games, but I know their, their results have improved, so... I think the board will continue to get away with murder. I don't think we're going to do anything in the Champions League this year. And if we win the league this year, I don't think we'll do anything in it next year. If we look at our signings, I think Palmer's been excellent. The guy Quan, total waste of money. Yang, I think I think there's a player in there. Tilio, waste of money. Who else have they signed? There's probably Lagerbielka, hardly played since Vickers came back. Meraki, hardly played. Am I missing anybody? I feel as though I probably am, but it's just the transfer window was a disaster, really. I feel as though I'm going to tangent now about the board and I feel as though I do that every episode. But I'm, I'm happy with Brendan Rodgers, I'm happy with the team. I think, I guess, to give them some credit, it's been smart business to tie up Kyogo, Abada, O'Reilly, Hitati and long-term deals and hopefully Vickers is next. But for now, until, until the January transfer window, which is a window we need to really go out and start, we need a replacement 
goalkeeper, we need a left back, we need a striker, we should be really spending serious money. Then hopefully we can maintain our, our domestic form and try and get to the new year. So you would like to think maybe 11 points clear because Rangers will be playing the League Cup final. That should be a chance for us to, to stretch a lead and then we should be beating them at Celtic Park. So I just could continue the domestic form. I need to try and beat Lazio and Rome. We've done it before. I don't think Lazio are, are anything special, but it'll be a very hard ask for us to win over there. So I, I'll get a seven and a half. I, I'm happy Rodgers is back, and I hope that the board do back him, and I hope they get McGregor back in ASAP. I agree. I think, as you say, we are. I think we are. It's not, we, we don't really hide the fact that uh, on our social media and. On here in the past, we've always sort of been very wary of the board, and I think for good reason. And I think that you can trust your fellow fan a lot more than you can trust the Celtic board, because I think it's just ridiculous the way this is sort of dragging out. And I think Celtic are sort of grandstanding it as well, with getting tickets away to those who are less fortunate or whatever the way they ordered it, I think. I don't know how happy I'd be if that was my ticket that I'd paid for that was going away and I know Celtic came out and says oh we've offered to refund the rest of the season book and I think anybody that knows the love these guys have got for the Celtic they're not going to say aye okay then just refund the rest of their season ticket and that'll do us but as you say it says in the pre- uh, North Cup it says in the previous statement that the ban wasn't lifted by this Saturday for Motherwell's game. They would have a reaction, as you say. We we're not going to speculate what that might be, but I'm sure there'll be a sort of communication either way from them towards the end of this week, They're letting people know. As you say, hopefully there is some sort of ongoing talks. I know. Uh, give a shout out to the cynic. They had a uh, boy from the Green Brigade on who thought spoke very well, and there was talk of meetings that they'd been promised for months and months that had not taken place. So hopefully sort of spotlight that's shining on it and now has led to Celtic officials actually meeting up and trying to come with some sort of amicable agreement to bring these fans back to the ground and I think that's what everybody wants so that's what everybody I speak to seems to want but I think if you want to be pessimistic there's probably some in the Celtic board that would happily never see the Green Brigade back at Celtic Park which is probably just a sad truth at this moment but I know you spoke about Panthers as well I think you're right. I think we're approaching a point where I think you need to start shining a light on Mark Lawwell and what he's done since he's come in. Because as much as Brendan's come out and on many occasions spoke about how impressed he is with the recruitment side of things and how it's improved since he was here, I think it's like, as you say, the sort of transfer window just gone. I think apart from Lewis Palmer, who has only really started setting the world alight with his last few performances. And as I say, I but. I gave him a, a lot of praise at the start of this episode, but apart from that, there's a lot of money spent and it looks to be wasted. And even today, you've got yeah, reports coming out saying that Marco Tillio is looking to possibly leave on loan in January if he can't get in the team. And this is before Celtic fans have even seen him kick a ball eh, for the most part. So yeah, I think you do need to sort of, sort of look at that. Everybody that was behind Rodgers, I think a lot, a lot of the reasoning for being behind Rodgers was thinking that he would command a massive transfer budget and would get a couple of marquee signings, which didn't really arrive, and it remains to be seen what January eh, looks like. But, Danny, what's your thoughts on the sort of ongoing dispute between the ultras groups and the board? Do you expect it to be sort of settled by Saturday as before this Motherwell game, or do you think it's something that's just going to continue to linger on for the next couple of, for however, however long? Do you know, I really don't know. I thought it would be, I actually thought it would be sorted, but now. 
I don't know what to make it going on this long. We'll probably rumble on for probably any Christmas now. I just think the way the board have acted is, is shameful uh, towards the support. And not just the Green Brigade, but the whole support. I mean, Celtic had a, an anti-fascist banner at a Lazio game and they get fined for it. And Celtic have not said a word about that. Which is just, you've got the Israeli manager coming out and calling us anti-Semitic, calling the support racists, and yet they release a shitty statement via fan media. And it's not on the website, they don't tweet about it. You know, Law, Peter Law's not coming out in front of a camera and denounced the accusations. It's fucking pitiful, but when, you know, you've got an anti-fascist banner and you get a fine for it, they ban the fans and they came up they came up with a list of reasons to ban fans, but yet they were already banned for away games and they're listing things that happened in away games whilst they weren't there. So, Celtic seem to have their cake and eat it when it comes to the Green Brigade. It's great when they can sell pictures and make money off them and, and all the rest of it, but they don't seem to want to take the, the political side of it, which just it's bizarre because, I mean, this time last year we were welcoming Ukrainians to Parkhead for Champions League games, which is, you know, not a bad thing to do, but when you when it happens and another, you know, there's another war on, on in the world and Celtic fans went to market, we're told we're not to bring politics into football. And it's just, like, it's just so hypocritical. Um, and the club are always right out in front of it. I mean, the way that they've acted recently when it comes to this sort of thing is just is really pitiful. And, you know, they the made up excuses for why it's getting done and everything else. And you couldn't really blame, I mean, the Green Brigade, I know some boys that, that sit up there and store up there. And, you know, you can't doubt any other love for the club, but you wouldn't really, you wouldn't really blame them if they just went, well, fuck this, we'll go somewhere else. Or we'll just no go. And I know that's a hard decision for them to, to take, do you know what I mean? That, it's heartbreaking, but it's a lot of hassle, you know, the way Celtic treat them. And it's, I was quite disappointed with the way some like some fans are talking about how they don't need them and and this and that. Like you look at that Aberdeen game, I mean, it was I could hear you two talking in the stand, and they're six nothing up against the team that finished third last year. We've no really had a performance this season yet. Well. Even the Hearts game, I thought we left goals on the park that day. But against Aberdeen, I mean, we scored six. Obviously, it could have been a few more, but the team actually played really well. The first 30 minutes were as good a first half as we've played this season under Rodgers. And yeah, it was like you, people were cheering the goals game, but they were near real atmosphere. And it's just a pity because Parkhead would have been bouncing. You know, see when like um, Yang scored his first goal and talking about signings and that, like, Yang just needed something good to happen for him. He's shown really good flashes on the ball and never quite put it together. He needed a tap and he needed a heater or something like that to get him going. So I'm excited to see him, but just like the atmosphere he felt. Not that it took it away for the game because they won 6 nothing against Aberdeen. This can, you know, Palmer was outstanding. Oh, got a couple of goals which he really deserved and he needed them as well. But it's just like, well, the atmosphere wasn't as good as it could have been because Celtic have decided... I don't, you know, just to ban fans for whatever reason they can think of next. And all this push about um, how much they cost the club and fines, Celtic should be fighting these fines. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about what, 17 grand or something for an anti-fascist banner against Lazio. Celtic should be saying we're not paying that. Like, why should we, why why should we get fined for promoting anti-fascism? It's, it's bizarre. But yeah, the club just sit and swallow every year. Peter Law doesn't want to be taken away for the table at UEFA. So they swallow these fines every time they come in and then they turn around and they use it as a stick to beat the support with. 
they've you know we we used to I mean I was growing up used to watch that other mob they'd go someplace in Europe they'd get leathered after polis they'd start fighting and then the next day Martin Bain would start up and say oh, it was Chelsea fans or that oh, wasn't a police brutality or you know there was you know women and old men that were getting battered after polis it wasn't a, you know what I mean and yet when it's Celtic it's like oh no we'll, we'll buy that fine and we'll ban the only people that make a fucking noise at the ground so until it's resolved probably it's, it is until it's resolved, it does affect the club on the park as well. I mean, I know they won six and that against Aberdeen, but there's only so many like flat atmospheres you can go for. I mean, it'll be funny getting into the the final game if it's still this, because the European nights have not been like they've not been what they were for a while. But I mean, the final game could be fucking funny if there's no resolve this by then. I think you're right, and fact of the matter is that with this Champions League campaign, if we uh, win by two goals in Rome and uh, Athletic will beat Feyenoord in Rotterdam, then it's a must-win game. Like, or not a winner-takes-all game even for that last 16 place, which would be almost incredible. And like to think that how how sort of unfortunate we've been in the campaign to still be in that position and then have that sort of unneeded distraction of possibly not having your as you say, your most vocal support. Like, as you say, like, it's, not a, it's not a slight on any Celtic fan that's in the ground, but it's just not the same as it's what the grounds became accustomed to, and especially when both sort of ultras groups walk out, it's just notably poor like in terms of what you're used to, even in standard league games. But I think I think you made a, a lot of good points there, and hopefully it is sort of sorted, but I wouldn't hold my breath at the same time. We'll maybe there an episode on it once there's sort of fair communication uh, from either side about what's happening towards this Saturday but Tony I'll, I'll just bring you in on the Champions League as I say we've been quite unfortunate in games and we're only sitting at one point but I think the, the funniest thing after that Madrid game was uh, realising that Atletico won the last two games and Celtic won the last two games whilst beating uh, Lazio by two goals that they could unbelievably still qualify in second place you hold much hope for that, and what's your thoughts going going to Rome? Really depleting the sort of wingers uh, side of things now, because obviously Dyson Maeda, as you mentioned, is out injured, and Louis Palma suspended quite unbelievably after he got his booking for descent in Madrid, and I think his other booking in the group was for celebrating his disallowed goal uh, against Lazio at home. It's quite unbelievable that that's what's led to him being suspended for this final game. Do I think we'll qualify for the last 16? No, if we qualify for the last 16, then I'll give away my, one of my Danny McGrain tops for nothing on, on the podcast. There you go. No, absolutely. No chance. I think, here's my opinion, I think we can beat Lazio, but I don't think we will. I think we can beat Feyenoord, I don't think we will. I think, if we can, see if we can get two draws, I would actually be happy with that, just to, to save it. I think, if we beat Lazio, then I guess you've, you've got such a great chance. But it's just, I, th- I, th- I just think the Champions League, our opportunity was missed. We should have beat Lazio at home. Had we done that, um, we'd probably be a really good shout at the minute. But I think you, you'll miss Palma, you'll miss Meda. You'll probably, it'll change it, I think. I think you'll maybe go for two up top. I think you'll go for Owen Kyogo. Maybe play like a 5-3-2 that will maybe be more like a a 3-5-2 or something like that. I think that's maybe how he'll, he'll play over there. It'll be interesting to see, but I don't, there's no pressure on them now. You just avoid getting tanked and 
I guess, try and win a game for fuck's sake, hopefully the home game, just to um, to actually get us back and a bit, get a bit of respect and a bit of dignity. But I think oh, I think the group's dead in the water for us. I don't think we'll beat Lazio. And that'll be uh, mathematically finished. Um, I think Atletico probably will win the last two, two games. I think they're a good team. So, uh, Champions League or Europa League. So, well, I think I think that's it. I don't think we can even get Europa League. I think it's the way it's worked to it. It'll either be Champions League or nothing. So, I think it'll be nothing. But I think we'll, we'll beat Motherwell comfortable on Saturday. I think we'll beat them 4-0. Ideal. And, Danny, I'll just take your sort of thoughts on the Champions League campaign as we go in it. As I say, it is quite unbelievable that we still do have a a mathematical chance and I think as Tony said I think I don't think it's unbelievable to think that we could go and beat Lazio and then have that sort of shootout with final in the final game but I think just the, the most Celtic thing to happen to now would be I think if we if we beat Lazio be a goal and then a final beat Fletico in a Rotterdam that that would put us out anyway so I think that's probably what's more likely to happen but uh, which, what's your thoughts on it? You get any sort of hope going to Rome? Maybe take a wee trip to the Vatican and uh, call in some divine intervention. Call in a favour. I'm with Tony. I mean, <laughs> we could beat. I don't like Lazio. Like we should have beat Lazio at home. Um, we should have tanked Lazio at home. They really, they really weren't that good. And yet we somehow snatched defeat for the. <laughs> Was a victory. It's funny because when Palma scored, before I got disallowed, I said to myself, I think we've scored too early, I can draw this to each. And he just when that ball broke to, I think it was Gendouzi in the midfield, he just knew that's going to score. Um, I think it's probably, I mean, we can win both games and still go out. I think out of Europe all together, so that'll probably but will happen. Um, I, the likelihood is we'll get to one point, um, maybe two. You might sneak a draw um, against against Feyenoord at home but I've no real I've no I've no any real hope Tony said to play without pressure but then they've got that stupid 10 years since a home win thing hanging with them Rodgers has not got a great record to Champions League either the perfor- you know, performance wise they probably should have at least 4 points in home maybe 5 I think if they'd have got in on each against Feyenoord at home away sorry they might have regrouped and they set, went again in the second half I think Rodgers might have made a couple of changes he's change in the Madrid game when he took Palma off and put Phillips on. I know Atletico ended up with 10 men, but that change saved the game for us because it was only going one way at that point until he showed up. So maybe if the Feyenoord game would have hung on a wee bit longer, he might have made a change to switch it the other way. So we were unlucky there, we, we, but we were always conceding in the first half, like like the second goal in Madrid, but we were always losing that goal. We were, ne- we were never getting half time in Feyenoord, not in each, we were never getting half time at Madrid at one nothing because they're just incapable. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. I've been watching this Celtic team for years and years and years. Like I'm fair, you know, and you could pick seven or eight teams ironically in the last 15 years or so that you just know one they're going to see you out a period or they're definitely going to lose a goal and this team's got it in spades and when they lose one they, they can't help it just shit goals Rogers had that problem the first time as well um, although I do think the way they've knocked the ball about it's been a lot better they seem to knock the ball about with a bit of puff. Like Madrid, they pinged the ball about really well and somehow they found themselves one nothing done. And then for the next 20 minutes, they pop, popped them out. I mean, Maid had that left bank toast and then get yourself sent off, which was very, very harsh. It was never a red card. But again, another thing that goes against us that probably doesn't go against any other team in the Champions League is just 
or cursed, it seems. But the last two games are it. I mean, you're still technically in it. I think we beat Lazio two nothing and then beat Feyenoord one nothing. I think we can still qualify for the Europa League if if Madrid do the business. But who knows? I mean, the likelihood will finish with two points if we can get a draw against Feyenoord at home because I think that they're a wee bit better than I thought they would be. Um, although they seem to have real trouble breaking down nine man Celtic, but it's almost like see if you gave me two nothing each as an hour, I would just take them and move on. See if she says there's going to be two nothing, nothing's going to happen. You're going to sit in front of the telly for 180 minutes bored doing that. I would take it now because they really didn't deserve the doing that they got in Madrid. Like the performances, they've earned a bit of luck, but no one else will get it when it's too late. We'll get it against Feyenoord at home, one one nothing or something like that. But if it gets the monkey off our back, then you can hear about how we'll build next year until next year comes and we don't. <laughs> but it's like last year, people because people say this year, oh, Angie's team would have won, but Angie's team would have won the games. But you look at the fucking, I mean, that that was a one man team, Donetsk, right, and Mudrik. And we had the Croatia's right back who couldn't fucking hold him. And we, we could have scored, what, 14 against them, home and away. And whenever, and like the two games against Leipzig, they fell to pieces. The game against Madrid at home, they were excellent for an hour, and then fell apart. And away from home was just a jolly for everybody. So it's it's hard to say that Ange would have done any better with this team, in my opinion. But Rogers, it's, 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 the last two games are they're both winnable games, but no Celtic is just you've not got much hope. As you say, I think there's it's just the way you're sort of. Position to think with Celtic in Europe, we just find different ways to ship goals and drop points. And I tend to agree with you. I don't think that Ange would have made much of a difference. Obviously, he had a lot more experience with this current squad, but losing guys like Starfelt and Jota would have probably still happened. And I, I think Rogers' team's been pretty unlucky because you look at the two home games we've had so far, the opening goal, and both of them was just fantastic football. and Kyogo obviously finishing both of them was unreal, but on match day two last year when we uh, somehow failed to beat Shakhtar, and then match day two this year when we somehow, as you you say, clutched defeat from the arms of victory, it was quite unreal how we managed to lose that game. Uh, But I think that was sort of probably where the damage was done, and it's it's unfortunate because, as you say, I think it wouldn't completely shock me if Celtic were able to win at least one of these games, but, but I think we'll probably find a way to not do that and uh, get the learning experience, but there's only so so many times you can say that, especially I think that's why a lot of people are frustrated with the transfer activity, because it's already saying, say you beat Feyenoord in the last game, you say, oh, you'll learn from that, you've got that win. But then next season, say you've punted O'Reilly or Hattati or Tara Vickers or something, you're replacing them with what people like to call project signings. And I, I don't really buy any of that. I think if a player's good enough, it's just a, a case of it doesn't really matter what age they are. But as we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of these signings that have just been mere, mere misses and hits in the last sort of few transfer windows. So it will be interesting to see. I'm glad the Lazio game comes first, just because I think that's probably the like we went toe to toe with them, and I didn't think there was much in it. Uh, obviously, it's in Rome. Uh, I think their league forms improved a bit, but I think out of the two teams uh, that I'd want to come up against next, it probably would be Lazio. So I think 
Uh, I know they won that last game, but I, I don't know. I just feel that we, I, as we all, we all know, four years ago we went and won there. So let's just go there, get the points, and as I say, take it in that last game. But as you say, there's ways that we can still be out if we win that game. So uh, we'll need to wait and see. But what about Saturday? Just before wrap up, I'll just. Get your thoughts on Saturday. Any sort of changes you'd look to make from that Aberdeen game? Don't know what the status of Kiel goes. Headknock, he obviously took a really bad one in that game. Oh, obviously came off the bench and scored twice. Scored the week before as well. Hospital game for him to start. Danny, and what about your sort of midfield three and all? Odin Thiago home. He played in, from the start against Aberdeen, but he was subbed relatively early on. Who, who would your midfield three look to be as well? I would play all. Oh, I'd keep. If Kyogo is fat, I'd keep him for for the Champions League game, I think. I was going to say, I hope I like him. I, I thought he had a good game against Aberdeen. I thought Rogers took him off too early, but spoke about this with a boy in the work and seems to think that uh, Rogers is, is a bit of tough love when it comes to home. The same way he started the season with Hitati. Because uh, he came out and said, oh, uh, home's got to do more, but I think it's tough love with Manky sees a player in there. Uh, I thought he took him off way too early. I know Tumble came on and scored, but I thought home... He's very tidy, he keeps the play moving, but he's also very good with the ball, I think. I think that's kind of something that surprised me, is he's not just there to not like, play a pass and move on. He, he's actually, he can dribble the ball forward, I think he carries the ball really well. He's not got great pace with it, but I think he, he dribbles, he's, he's, he can dribble 30, 40 years at a part, which you need, in a, you need in a team like Wales, you need somebody that can carry the ball. It's probably something I'm missing. I mean, midfield... It picks itself. The, the first two pick themselves. It's it's kind of Digo home, Digo tumble. Rogers seems to like tumble. I like tumble and all. I, I, I make no bones about it. I think Tumble's a is a good player. Um, I don't think he's quite as good as the rest of the players there. But I don't I don't think he's as bad as folk make out. I think he's he's, he's a bit of a weapon boy for some, just because probably just because he's he's like a homegrown player and he's no they seem to get it tighter than anybody else. I, I don't think he's that bad, but I do think he's he's very one paced at times. He seems to be reluctant to hit the ball his left foot and Rogers likes to play him on the left and O'Reilly on the right. And O'Reilly's the man of the moment at the minute, so you know, you're never going to move move him. Um so I'd like to see home play. Um I'd like to see him get a run in the team. Um I'd ho- hope that he's back. I know it could be a wee while, but I hope he's doing well. And I, I'd like to see, I know my head is injured as well, but I'd like to see Yang continues on the team. I don't think it'll be, I know Tony said it before, not no hammer, but I think it might be a wee bit of a slow start because of international break and stuff. But I would like to think that they'll work out eventually. And I would like to see Yang get her on the team. As I say, I thought he needed that goal against Aberdeen. He needed something good to go from. He's got, I thought he was outstanding. I think he's. I thought he wasn't quick when he first played. I thought he was slow in the week in the jail. I don't know if he was injured or something he was carrying or not, but he looks, the last couple of times I've seen him, he, look, he does look like he's got pace. Palmer, folks say, can he beat a man? Palmer, because by plenty for somebody that can he beat a man. And I think Palmer hits the ball as clean as I've ever seen a Celtic player. I mean, somebody mentioned to me the other week, I think it was my mate Liam, said he, he reminds him of Commons, the way he hits the ball, like he always catches it through. And that's probably a good comparison. I don't think I've seen Palmer scuff a shot yet. He seems to catch it through. And you need that. You know what I mean? That's You know he's not going to waste opportunities. He might flash one wide or whatever. But you know, it's he, 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 he hits the ball really clean. But I think I've answered your question. I'd probably I'd go with O because I like O. I, I make no bones about it. I'm a big fan of O. And his goals, 
he needed the goals last week. He's deserved them as well because he had a couple. That one against Ross County was disallowed for fuck all. He's something different, though. He, he gives us a presence, and I'd like to see him in the Champions League. I, know, I, I think he's got something that he can offer. Oh, I, he, he creates a lot of space. Jackie Marcus was merely a, kind of, a bruiser, I would say. Um, I'd say always a better football player than, than Jackie Marcus. Bank always got a physical presence as well. And I actually liked the sub Rogers made at home. If it was one nothing and Rogers made that sub, I would have been on board with it. When it went to two nothing and they made it, I thought, oh fuck, the second half could be a long time. If it was one nothing against Atletico and they made that sub and went to the 4 3 2, I wouldn't have minded it as much. I actually thought it was quite smart. But I'd like to see Owen Kyogo play together because I thought they've been really, it's been kind of promising, whatever it is. But um, I Saturdays. It's about getting back for the international break and just getting back on that the winning run and and keep that gap above Rangers until we play them again. Aye, as you say, I, I, I'm pretty much on board with what you say. Is that I, I like Cole as well. Uh, I've liked him since he signed and he took, thought he took his two goals excellently last weekend. And then the one the weekend before as well was obviously a vital one against the Mirren. I thought home set him up really, really superbly for that one as well. Uh, so I'd probably go the same. I'm not as big a fan of Tumble as you, but I'm not as, I know, like, you're probably right, he does get a lot of stick, but I think that, like, I just think the other midfielders, they mayor Tumble can hit a ball beautifully, and he showed it again against Aberdeen, it was a great finish, any of the keepers near post, but as you say, I think he's possibly not as mobile, and uh, for me, I'd like to see Mary home. Obviously, one of the new signings that we brought in the summer. Uh, hoping to see Mary, as you say. Don't think anybody's really stepped in and put him up. Then they say they'll replace Hattie even when Hattie's back because Hattie's just that good. Yeah, and then O'Reilly's just, as we say, man at the moment. And I watched the Scotland game last night. Cal McGregor was just absolutely outstanding. So I think it is, as you say, two of the threes nailed on. And then it is just probably between. Home and Tumble, possibly Awata as well. Uh, but I'd be very surprised if it was Awata. Obviously, Motherwell coming to Celtic Park on pretty much in form. They think they've got two points at the last 27. So I think they're only going to set up one way and look to keep us out rather than come out and attack us and make a game of it. But it, it will be interesting to see. I think you make a good point about Hugo keeping them for the Lazio games. The last thing you want is a Motherwell player just creating into him and putting him in doubt for that game but hopefully he has recovered well and all like you've got to be careful these sort of concussion protocols and that but, but as I said earlier I think that's where the international break might have done us a favour the fact that he's had time to rest up and he's not travelled and all oh is away with South Korea I think they play tomorrow morning as we are uh, recording so he'll probably be back late Wednesday back in Glasgow but that should be enough time you'd think uh, before Saturday but I am looking forward to it just as you mentioned just maintain a lead to extend it because I think Rangers and Aberdeen play at Pataudry on Sunday so it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to extend that and then Rangers obviously beat there last season so it is one of the games that you would sort of earmark as a chance to extend a lead so all we can do is put the pressure on, and hopefully we do. I know Tony went for four now. I, I think it might be similar. I know you says it might be a bit yeah, a slow burner, but I, I'm. I, I think once the first gets in, Motherwell seeds like that. I don't think they'll be high in confidence as we go at the moment. But I think that 
it might be. I'll go for five now, and I think O's going to get a hat trick. That's, I think he'll be full of confidence, and if he is given the start, he'll be looking to just put as much pressure on Kyogo for that starting place as possible. Uh, did you get a scoreline, Danny? I did, but seeing as um, you've went for four, you went for five, Tony's went for four, I'll go for three. I think O'Reilly will score. Uh, Yang will get another one, and O will score as well. I'll go for three different scorers, and we are. That'd be a good game. I think you, I think you were right about Motherwell. A team of, they were very, very recently. They were like the forum, forum team in the league apart from us, and they seem to have fell off a cliff the last few weeks. So hopefully we don't give them any encouragement. No, and as you say, like I think I don't think you're wrong. Like Motherwell have obviously got a couple of decent players. Like I think the last time I'm just checking the fixtures there. The last time they won was at Tynecastle, and then no long after they. Should have got something at Ibrooks, and then we obviously scored the 97th minute winner uh, through Matt Riley at Fort Park, and they just seem to be on a downward spiral. But as I've shown, they, they did run as close the last time we played them, so we will have to be professional and get the job done. But I, uh, so it's a three nil, a four nil, and a five nil. So hopefully, one of them comes to fruition. As I say, we'll wrap up here. That's us closing in on the just over 45 minute mark. So. We'll get this out as as we mentioned. If there's any sort of update from the sort of Green Brigade regarding Saturday, we'll maybe put a wee episode uh, on that. But probably depends when that comes out. Uh, if not, we'll be back after the Motherwell game. We'll obviously review that and we'll preview that final game in Rome as Celtic look to keep their Champions League hopes alive. But thanks to everybody that's taken the time to listen and persevered with our lack of content for the last month or so but as I say we are looking to be back regularly so let us know what you thought catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram wherever you follow us and hail hail